You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. To trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Number one is to be in complete agreement with his written and revealed will and exemplify it in thought, word, and deed. To be in complete agreement with God's written and revealed word and exemplify it in thought, in word, and deed. Amos 3 and 3 uh, asked the question, can two walk together except they be in agreement? If you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to be in agreement with him. And being in agreement with God says that you're going to be in disagreement with others. Everybody is not on the path that God is on. Bible says there's a broad way. And the broad way is not God's way. But it says a whole lot of folk are on that particular path. But then talks about God's way as a narrow way. It says there are few that walk down that path. And when you're in complete agreement with God, that does not mean that it's not a fight within. Or you don't fight yourself. Sometimes you you have to fight yourself in order to walk with God. Paul understood that. That's the reason he said, I put my body under subjection. Less what I done preach to others. I don't do and become a castaway, or reject. Secondly, when, when you trust the Lord with all of your heart, is to be a person that hopes or expects God to do what he promised. That's your hope. That's your expectation for God to do what he promised. I got to show you something real quick. Go with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, we'll consider verse 24 and 25. Again, the second thing is, is When you hope or expect God to do what he promised. You hope it. You got got folk around you that are not in the same vein, but you are not allowing that to dictate to you what you should or shouldn't do. Romans 8, 24. For we are saved. In this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? 
But if we hope for what we do not see. This is where some folks have the problem with hoping. We eagerly wait for it. Wealth, perseverance. You, you got some folks that, that hope, but they don't have any eagerness. You have, you have most folks that hope, and I did say most, most folks that hope be wondering if something going to happen. But a child of God should be just the opposite. You should have hope or expectation. And you should be eagerly waiting for God to show up and show out. You ain't wondering if God is going to do it. You know God going to do it. You're not wondering if God can perform what the doctor is incapable of performing. You know God can do anything save faith. Shout at somebody, there is no failure in God. But see, we don't, we don't worry about what we don't see. Because our hope is not based upon our limited vision. Our hope is based upon the promises of God. And 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 says, All of the promises of God in him are, number one, yes. That means God going to do it. If God says he going to do it, he will do it. I said if God says he's going to do it, he will do it. Won't he do it? And so... It's not based upon what we see. Notice again Romans 8 and 25. When, when we hope, it's not based upon what we see. Because why should we hope if we see it? But when we don't, we don't wonder if it's going to happen. We eagerly wait for it. It's some folk over here that's eagerly waiting for something Woo! in the middle section is some folk that eagerly waiting for something oh I didn't leave y'all there's some folk over here y'all eagerly waiting for something if it be true just tell somebody he talking about me Woo! he talking about me it's just a matter of time before I pull up in it it's just a matter of time for I walk in it. It's just a matter of time for I go to the mailbox and it's in there. It's just a matter of time. But I'm not wondering if God is going to do it. I know God is going to do it because he can do everything save fail. There's no failure in God. How many times have God did for you what folks say it couldn't be done? And see, that's the reason when, when doubters and haters get to saying this, that, and the other based upon what they do not see or do not understand. You don't allow that to get in your being. Because you have a strong relationship with God to the point to where if he tells you something, whether directly or indirectly, you're mature enough to receive it and wait on him to do exactly what he said plus. Oh, won't God do more than what you expect? What Paul say? He'll do it. Seeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. That's the reason we tell folks real quick, can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do me like Jesus. And, and so when you're really mature, when you're really trusting God, you have an expectation despite what you're looking at. Despite what you see. 
Your vision is bigger than what literal eyes can grasp. Your vision is so big to where it takes God to bring it to pass. It takes you hoping in what you don't have the means to get on your own. Gotta have hope. Don't ever base your conclusion on what happened to somebody that didn't have hope. Well, you know, so and so, she did, she didn't such and say, well, so and so didn't have the hope that God said you have to have to bring it to pass. You can never base your success on somebody's somebody else's failure because if your success is based upon God's word you're guaranteed victory and God's word is based upon faith that's the reason John said in 1 John 5 and 4 the victory that overcomes the world the victory that's going to make me Defeat this thing that's trying to kill me is even my faith. You got to have faith. You got to have some hope. That's the reason faith is defined biblically as the substance of things. Hopeful. The evidence of things not seen. Then it starts talking about mature folks. By it, the elders obtained what a good testimony. You heard an elder this morning that had a good testimony simply because of his faith. Matter of fact, we heard testimonies from three elders that had that have faith to back up their testimony. Are you listening? And, and so when I trust in the Lord with all of my heart or when I am in complete agreement with his written and revealed word and exemplified in thought, word, and deed, I do not lean to my own understanding. I, I, I don't trust Barry with his life. I said I don't trust Barry with his life. Barry is intelligent. Barry has a number of uh, uh, things that he has accomplished. But don't let Barry fool you because Barry did not accomplish those things based upon his understanding. I would have went left if God hadn't told me to go right. I would have I would have did this that and the other if God hadn't told me to do the opposite. I have learned firsthand not to lean to Barry's own understanding. Y'all ain't got quiet. I, I was bragging on you a while ago. Y'all ain't got quiet. And I know why you done got quiet. Because some of us, we still lean to our own understanding. You testify about having the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongue. But you still lean to your own understanding. Go ahead, tell us something, but we still have to ask Google. God tells us. We want Google to confirm it. Why? Because we're still leaning to our own understanding. And when, you're, and when you lean to your own understanding, it says that you rely on yourself. 
and, and some of us, it's sad, you rely on others more than you rely on yourself. But either way, you're messing up. You're, you're messing up because humans are flawed. Even though we're striving to think, talk, and do right every single day, we still mess up. We're flawed. We're not perfect. I got to show you something because some of y'all, are, you, you, you ain't talked to me, Walker. You don't know me that well. I'm finna bust your bubble real quick. Yeah, I am. I, I'm fixing to bust your bubble. I'm going to start the busting process in Numbers 23. Go with me to Numbers 23. Just going to look at one verse in Numbers 23. Verse 19. Notice this. God is not a man that he should lie. What's the implication? Man lies. Doctor lies. Preacher lies. Lawyer lies. Deacon lies. Elders lie. Now, our father is not the devil, who according to John 8 and 44 is the father of lies. But because we are humans and inherit, inherited our intrinsic nature from Adam, we're flogged. You will still allow folks to get you mad and say something you have no business say. The very person love more than anybody can upset you and you will tell that person you love off. Why? You're flawed. So flawed to where after you recognize that you done messed up, you will turn around and try to go back and clean up what you messed up God is not a man that he should nor the son of man that he should relent who says Look, seal in Numbers 23 and 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? God ain't like us. He, he ain't going to lie. Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 6, it's impossible for God to lie. Ain't in his nature, period. Impossible. Can't be done. And sometimes we fight what God tells us. Better is here and better is coming. He can't lie. Well, but, but, but that, what pastor said, but God uses imperfect folk to tell us the truth. He used David to tell us the truth. He used Jeremiah to tell us the truth. Use a preacher that wanted to quit preaching to tell folk the truth. God can't We'll fight what God says he's going to do. I'm going to bless you beyond me. <laughs> we got a Gideon 
complex to where we won't trust what God has given his angels or messengers to tell us. God told the angel, he said, when you show up, call him a mighty man of valor. And watch how he react. Gideon, oh mighty man of valor. God is with me? You talking to me? You got me wrong. That, that ain't me. You see that I'm hiding over him behind his press. Because of the Midianites, our enemies, are you me? God sees in you what you are incapable of seeing. God knows things about you that are miles from your mind. God doesn't allow you to dream something that he can't bring to pass. He put the vision in you and he is God enough to cause the vision to come to pass. God is omnipotent. What does that mean? He has not just some power. He has all even the devil, when he gets ready to do something, according to Job, the first two chapters, he has to run to God and ask God for permission. And God will give him specific instructions as to what he can and cannot do. Why does the devil do that? Because even the devil himself knows that God has all you better quit thinking that that your doctor or some other professional has the final say there is only one that deems himself the alpha the omega the beginning and the ending the one that was and the one that is soon to come high five somebody and tell them can't nobody do you like jesus Woo, can't nobody do you like Jesus. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning. He's the ending. He's the one that can bring to pass whatever he speaks. When God says let there be, you better step back because a miracle getting ready to happen. God getting ready to manifest something that eyes have not seen and that ears have not heard. Man will lie to you. Hey, well, you'll lie to yourself. But God won't lie to you when He put it on the table. It's so. And I like his system because if he tell you that he going to do something for you, but you want to just stay in unbelief, he'll turn around. He say, well, if you don't want to do nothing with it, I'm just going to give it to walk. And, and, and the Lord will tell, tell me, hey, you know, I, you wasn't my first choice to have this right here, but they didn't want it. So I know you, you crazy when it comes to believing me. So I'm just going to give it to you to the point to where he'll bless you with folk stuff. Are the stuff that folks should have had and the same folk that, that see you being blessed with this, that, and the other because they were wishing they could have had it, they'll start hating on you. Woo! Say to your neighbor, but God will do it. And I folks say, you know what? I, I, was, I was hoping God would do that for me one day. I said, well, hey, I guess. When you didn't believe he would do it, he just handed it over. He only wanted the person that he gave one talent to believe that he could do something with it. He had the audacity to go and bury his talent. When 
the Lord came back and heard about him bearing the tallow, took the tallow from him. And gave it to someone that had a whole bunch of stuff. And you know that that says about God that God is not fair. How in the world are you going to take that, that one from him and not give it to the person that just had two but did the right thing. And skip them and give it to the person that had the most. Because God is a just God. He rewards according to his word. He rewards according to his will. That's the reason Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass. But not God's word. He's going to do what he said. I can't lean to my own understanding. Even though it's tempting. Ooh, I said it's tempting. Be, be, because we think more of ourselves than we should at times. Anytime you decide to do what you want to do versus what God tells you to do, you're thinking too much of your. I know y'all didn't like it. You didn't smile. You didn't wave. You didn't say amen. And I ain't hating on you. I ain't mad at you. But I am going over here and see how they folk doing. Any time you use what you think instead of doing what God told you. You're thinking more of yourself than you are. And we've been there. Well, I know Pastor said such a now, now see you you, you gotta understand something. When you connect Pastor Walker with stuff, you need to ask yourself, well, did God give him that and was it scripture? Don't just try to put it on Pastor. Because one thing God going to do, he's going to bag up his word and his servant. That's the reason he tells us things like in Second Chronicles 20 and 20. Believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. See, it's bigger than walk. I said it's bigger than walk. There's something God tells me to say. I'd be like, God, we got to do that. Because the preacher has to be the first partaker of what he proclamates. That's the reason Paul said to the Corinthian church, follow me as I follow Christ. And Christ, according to John 1 and 1, and following is the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. John 1 and 14 says, and the word of Christ became flesh. He became a man. Became an example for folk to see that the word can be lived. That somebody can think, talk, and do. According to what is written and revealed. You can't lean to your own understanding. And I love that Isaiah showed us why. I got to go there. Go with me to Isaiah 55. We're going to read verses 8 and 9. Isaiah 55. I don't want to quote this. I want you to see it. Isaiah 55. Y'all ready? I'm not, I'm not there yet. All right, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Isaiah, speaking on God's behalf, said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. What? My thoughts are not your thoughts. 
Not are your ways. My ways. Says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways. Higher. Than your ways. And my thoughts. Than your thoughts. Based upon that, just look at somebody and say, you're thinking too low. Look at another person and say, come out of that surface thinking. You got to think higher. Well, if I, can, if I can just get just a few cents, I'll be up. Now, you, you ain't thinking high enough. Whenever you say stuff like, I can't afford, you ain't thinking high enough. You're still thinking about what you can do. You, you need to get on the Bible level with God. Woo! With God. Your life needs to be bigger than you. What you possess needs to be bigger than you. You don't ever need to get it based upon what you can handle. You need to get it based upon what God said you could have. And what he wants you to have. A God will take you through the wilderness. When the Israelites were basically in the poorhouse, God showed up and said, hey, I'm getting ready to take y'all to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. And I'm going to give you houses that, that, that you didn't even have to build and pay for. I, I'm going to do all of that for y'all. Told them that while they were down. And they wouldn't receive it. They didn't get happy. They didn't turn in victory. They didn't leap for no joy. They didn't do no dancing. Pharaoh had them on lockdown. To the point to where they were not ready for revelation. They were not ready for what God wanted to do in their lives. Shh. 2021. Here we are. With God folks having the same type mentality. God telling you that better is here and bigger is coming. But. It ain't Pharaoh. Now it's Sam. Some call him uncle. Got the same. Lock. On folk. Got them poor mouthing the same way. Pharaoh had the Israelites. Poor mouth. God even had to use Moses to, to, to tell him, look, it's time for you to, to get what I, I done had the Egyptians lay up for you. You do know the wealth of the unjust is laid up for the just. Moses said, go to the Egyptians. Tell them to give you this, that, and the other because we getting ready to exit this place. Because of the faith of Moses and the faith of a few others, a million folk were able to walk out of Egypt. Cross over the Red Sea. God made it dry land. But they still were not ready for the promised land. Because their thinking was too low. 
Say to your neighbor, it's time for your thinking to come higher. Quit talking about what you don't have and recognize what Psalm 24 and 1 says. The earth is the Lord's and his fullness. And recognize that God said, it is my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You can't lean to your own understanding. You can't do it. And, and you can't keep debating folks that's trying to, that's, that's trying to tell you that, that what you're thinking is crazy. Now, what you're thinking is not the way of man. I've had bankers, I had, had others that, that have told me, look, uh, you, you, what you're thinking you can do, you just, you're just not able to do right now. Well, well, wait a minute, let me just say this right here. Now, you said you were Christian, but I don't guess you really understand the Bible because my thinking is not, my thinking is God's thinking. You know Philippians 2, if I let this mind be in you, that was also in Christ Jesus. So this is what God telling me to think. Now, if you can't get on the same page, it's not my thinking that's off track. It's your thinking that's off track. If you don't want my business nor the blessing, I'll go somewhere else. That has happened to me more than three times in reference to this church and in reference to my own personal lives. And, and I know in, in hindsight, when, when the bankers, especially the one that turned down giving us money for this church, when he looked back and seen what was being done over here on what used to be Jersey Street, I know he had to slap his head and say, oh God, I messed up. Your thinking can't be low. It has to be according to the written and revealed will of God. Hold on, let me close it. You cannot lean to your own understanding. And see, some of us, you just unled how educated you are, it unwent to your head. Then as some of you, you just point blank too logical. You, you want everything to be explained to you. When God done told you to just got to live by faith. Explain to me how I'm going to put 10% down now and some windows going to be open. I, don't, I ain't going to have room enough to explain. to me. Give me the one plus one or the two plus two. I can't give you one plus one or two plus two. I can give you Malachi 310 and follow. Because he done told me don't add to the word nor take away from the word. And if you don't accept the word, you're not rejecting me. You are rejecting God and you are rejecting what God has ordained for your life. Lord have mercy. Stay with me just a few minutes. You can't lean to your own understanding. God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. That, that, that means he knows everything that he has ordained for your life. Years ago, I was given a diagnosis, and I actually told the doctor, I said, you know what? I can't die because he ain't done with me yet. You need to start this treatment. I don't need to start that treatment because he didn't tell me to start it. I, I, it ain't time for me to die right now. I said, he done told me what, what he's going to do. And he didn't tell me he changed his mind about it. So I can't die right now. And I ain't got no problem with dying because the, the Bible tells us it's once appointed for a person to what? Die. But I ain't going to die because nobody telling me I'm going to die. I'm going to die when my appointment comes. 
But if God done told me that I got to do this, that, and the other, and somebody telling me I'm fit, I, I, no. And that's been 10 plus years ago. I'm still here and still kicking. Woo! You cannot lean to your own understanding nor to somebody else's understanding. Then he goes on to say once you grasp that you have to trust in him with all of your heart and not lean to your own understanding. He says in all, get this, your ways. Acknowledge me. When you acknowledge God, it basically means that you willfully respect and obey him. You willfully respect and obey him. You're acknowledging him. Because in order to acknowledge him properly, you have to respect or worship him. You can't acknowledge God without being a worshiper. And real worshipers respect God. We, we don't worship just to get hand claps. We are thankful for the hand claps. Thankful for the amens. Thankful for the hallelujah. But we worship because we respect our king. And God, it, God is very specific when it comes to folks he recognizes as worshipers. John 4, 22 and following says in part that we are to worship him in spirit and truth. Spirit in one sense means that I got to have the right attitude. When I reverence him. Spirit in another sense means that I have to be conscious of him. As well as conscious of what season he has placed me in. I'm worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Lord, I know it's a season of battle. A season of bigger. Despite a COVID-19. Despite a pandemic. I know you want me to give you everything that I have. But then he says in truth. And truth always represents God himself. And represents what you see God doing. That's the reason Jesus said to his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You the truth, Jesus? Yeah, I'm the walking truth. I'm what, when you look at me, you see what you need to do. But the truth is also his word that sanctifies us or causes us to be transformed. You remember the prayer of Jesus in John 17 and 17 when he said to, to the Father, sanctify them. How? By your truth. Your word is truth. And so when I acknowledge him, I respect and obey him. And obeying God takes something. Yeah, because as humans, something God puts on the table, we fight. Sometimes you have to push yourself to do certain things God tells you to do. You used to giving $500 a week, but then God turns around and tells you, I, I want you to put 10000 on there this week. 10000 Yeah, that means you're going to have to go to your bank, get it, and come back with the 10000 Because you done got so used to giving that 500 And so some things, it takes you really putting your flesh under 
subjection to do. But when you trust him, when you trust him, that's when you can acknowledge him and say, God, I respect what you're saying and I'm going to do it. First time I gave what I made on the altar, I was just like, oh, Lord, have mercy. How in the world can I put this on the altar and what's going to happen? Wasn't but $30,000, but yet and still, it was big because I, I, I had never done it before. But when I done it, and I seen Luke 6 start coming to pass. It, it wasn't the whole verse, but I seen, I, seen, I seen the good measure, the press down, and the shaking together. Lord, if I do this again, maybe that running over may just going to come on in him. Because when you read that verse, it's a, it's a process. Long story short, year, and the year went by to where I give large psalms periodically throughout the year to the church and to other places. But, but the bottom line is when you, when you submit to God or when you respect and obey him, you will eat the good of the land. See, acknowledging him is a part of the process that leads to eating the good of the land. Remember? Acknowledge. Willfully respect and obey. I'm not going there, but Isaiah 1 and 19 says this right here. If you be willing and obedient, you will eat. You will consume. You will be a partaker of what? The good of the land. I don't need all of the land. I, I, that's all I want in some of the land. I want my brothers to have their part, my sisters to have. I just want my part. And God is big enough to where he can give all of us a part. We don't want to be like the world trying to get all of it. We just want what God has ordained for us to have. I'm not trying to be like, I just want to be who God wants me to be. I don't need to be you. I don't need to be her. I don't need to be him. I just need to be who God has ordained for me to be. A guy said to me one day, he said, you're going to be like, hey, hey, don't put me over there. I said, no, I ain't going to be like that. That person is who he is, and I am who God has ordained for me to be. I said, look, I'm mature. I ain't trying to be like nobody. I am my own person. I want what God has for me. Well, you know, he got this. Well, that's him. That ain't what God got for me. I just want what God has ordained for me. Me. And when you're mature, you reach a point to where you're, you're not trying to be like this, that, or the other. Or not trying to be like this person or that person. You just want to be who God has ordained for you to be. Lord have mercy. Y'all stay with me. Y'all stay with me. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Get this. And he shaped. Direct your path. And so when you don't acknowledge him, you, you're in the good of the land, and now you're, you're just sitting back waiting for him to direct your path. But you sit knowing that in order for him to direct you, he has given you various scriptures. On how he's going to direct you. And you have to understand how God directs your path. I'm not going to go to the scriptures. I'm only going to uh, give you a reference to the scriptures. First way, God directs your path. Prayer. Prayer. 
I, I like what James said in part. James said, you have not because you, you ask not. You got to ask God. And see, Matthew 7 and, 7 and 8, Jesus said something powerful in reference to prayer. He says, ask, and it shall be given. He was talking to his disciples, folks who understood that they had to line up with his written and revealed word. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, you'll find. Knock, and it'll be open. And you, and you know how some folks say, one of this for everybody. And, and so Jesus then said in verse 8, for everyone that asks, receives. Everyone that seeks, finds. Everyone that knocks, is going to be open. Letting them know this just ain't for one person. This is for everyone that's doing my will. Everyone. And so we pray. Second thing, that folk fight. Sometimes. His prophets. Amos 3 and 7 said, Surely the Lord God will do nothing unless he reveal his secrets unto his servants. The Get this. God ain't going to do nothing. Do you hear me? Nothing. That, that means whatever God is going to do, you're going to hear it from his prophets. Now, some folk prophesy to get money from folk. But a true prophet is going to speak in line with the written will of God. And when the revelation comes in reference to the season of God, you're going to see the manifestation start to unfold. And you're going to know Amos 3 and 7 is wrong. Now, you're going to have haters that are going to say this right here. You don't need to listen to everything that preacher has to say. That's somebody you need to cut off your Christmas list. I'll tell you why. Jesus said this right here. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word. That proceeds from the mouth of God. Surely the Lord God would do nothing unless he revealed his secrets unto his servants. The As long as the word of God is coming according to what is written, you heed it. But get this. The preacher has to be the first partaker. I quoted earlier 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. You follow the preacher as the preacher follows Christ or the word. You hear me? And the third way is according to John 16 and 13. When Jesus said to his disciples, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into, get this, all truth. Now, now what does that say? He, he does not want us to trust people for the truth. Am I telling you to ignore people? No. But, but you got to hear what a person has to say. And if what that person is saying is in contrast with the scripture, you, you, have, to, you have to just point blank say, let every man be a And let God be what? True. If somebody telling you something, you don't know it's your head and you know it's in contrast to truth. Holy Spirit going to guide you in how much? All truth. All truth. He's going to guide you into all truth. Now see, when, when you understand that God will direct your path based upon prayer. And let me tell you something. Some of y'all, you, you know, if you are not mature, you got to be careful because sometimes the enemy will try to get in that prayer and tell you something. You'll start doing something that God ain't God, but you think is God. Some things, if you, especially if you're immature, you need, to, you need to talk with mature folks about 
before you start walking down that, that path. You need to have somebody that witnesses that what you're saying is right. Because he will about witnesses. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you firsthand, there's a lot of things that I thought God said he didn't say when I was immature. And there's a whole lot of folk in here that's quiet right now. They, they have did the same thing. How many have ever thought God said it and you soon realized he didn't say it? God said this is because not with that 22% interest. He didn't say that now. You wanted him to say it to where you started hearing something that sounded like him, but that wasn't. But anyway, that's another subject. But listen to this. This is, this is what I want to leave with you. Lord have mercy. Psalm 16. Go there with me. I, I need to leave this with you. Psalm 16. My last scripture. Some of y'all act like y'all ready to go eat that leftover Christmas dinner. So I'm, this is it. You're going to be ready in just a few minutes. Psalm 16 and 11. You will show me the path of life. That's got to be your mindset. Same as David. He's going to show me exactly what I need to do. I'm not going to be trying to do something on my own. He's going to show me. He's going to show me exactly what I need to do. You know the doctor told you not to do such You got to find that from God first. And if, and, if, and if that thing is in line with God, you need to do it. That's not disrespecting your, your doctor. That's just letting your doctor know that God comes first in your life. That, that's for anybody. You got to let folk know, point blank, preacher, wife, husband, that God come first in your life. That ain't disrespecting them. That, that's just letting them know, point blank. Look, when it comes to me now, my, my God comes first. I'm hearing what you got, you're saying, but I got to check with my God. And that's what he says. Okay. True story. And, and I won't even go in there, but I, need, but I need to go down there. It was this guy that uh, had, a, had a decent doctor. But, but his doctor told him that he, that he didn't need to eat no kind of green food. And uh, it didn't set right with him. And so he came and, and he asked me, he, he said, uh, Doctor told me I can't eat nothing, no kind of green food. And he, and he told me because he said this, that, and the other. I said, now, I said, I don't know about that. I say because when it comes to greens, herbs, and so forth, that, that's God's food. I said, what did God say? He said, well, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I'm trying to do what the doctor, I said, look, I'm telling you, ask God first. And the reason he was concerned is, is because he, he had stopped doing it but his energy he didn't have no energy didn't have no energy at all. And he was used to being active and didn't want to do nothing but just sit at the house. Long story short he went before God because I didn't want to tell him to or not to do so he was where my such such told me that I need it, so I eat them green. I didn't, so I didn't, I didn't go there. I just told him, I said, look, just gave him scripture as best as I could. Long story short, he wanted God to direct his path. He ended up getting back on them greens. When he went back to the doctor, told his doctor what you told me to do. I didn't do. I didn't cut greens out of my uh, diet. And I'm doing much, much better. Doctor took uh, blood work and so forth. And guess what he was doing? Better. Now, this, this is what I loved about this particular doctor. The doctor admitted, well, I, was, I told you to do that based upon what I had researched based upon your condition and thought, but... I'm just going to scratch that off because of you. 
Now, most folk won't do that, but I say you should have hugged your doctor time. Your doctor said that. Because most folk won't admit when they're wrong in certain professions. But anyway, notice David said, you will what? Show me. You're going to show me the path of life in your presence. It's fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. In your presence, I get strength. In your presence, I get the ability to do what I need to do because you are directing my path. I'm going to start right there. Let's go land all the hand of praise.